Welcome to the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast. Ryan Ray here once again as Josh Shelton is MIA for back-to-back weeks. It's becoming a, a pattern, we could say now. And so, quick reminder, um, before we get into our very special guest who has not been on some time, that if you want to sign up, our end-of-the-year special for the War Room newsletter, the link expires either January 1st or the 2nd, I'm not sure, or December 31st. It expires pretty soon, so I'll link to that in the show notes, but that link does expire, so... Uh, if you're interested, go check that out before the end of the year. But we teased it. We have a special guest. The man, this man single-handedly hates the Barnet shell as oh. much as I love it. His reporting is as biased against it as his humanly possible. He conspires with the communist regime in Arlington. The man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Bloomberg, Sergio Chapa. It's good to have you on, buddy. Wow. What an introduction, Ryan. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. I'm just out there reporting the facts. There are zero <laughs> drilling rigs in the Barnett Shale. Uh, there's a bunch of Allegedly. drilling permits. Filed, Allegedly. Allegedly. But, uh, no rigs showing up for some reason. Allegedly. Hmm. Well, I'm putting that on, on my list of uh, things to write about for <laughs> 2021 right now. That's fake news. Move to the top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sergio, it's been a uh, long time since we've had you on. I think the last time you came on, you were transitioning from the Chronicle to Bloomberg. You couldn't say right. where you are. For those who don't know, you're now with Bloomberg and kind of maybe go over the past few months, what you've been doing, what you've been covering, and uh, we'll kind of get into uh, those topics after you kind of break it down for everyone. Yeah, um, I transitioned, uh, you know, in this COVID pandemic world, been working from home. You know, it's, you know, for the Eastern Chronicle since March, I transitioned from my kitchen table to my spare bedroom <laughs> because, <laughs> because, you know, the Bloomberg terminal requires a lot more space than I was willing to give up in my, in my, uh, in my dining room area. So um, nobody was coming over to stay anyway. So that guest bedroom was just not even being used. There you go. So now, now it's a home office. Right. And so what do you transition check? Uh, these days, uh, you know, what's keeping me busy is covering uh, natural gas markets and the LNG industry um, and never a dull moment. Um, you thought you thought you thought oil was volatile. Well, <laughs> welcome to the world of natural gas and uh, and the LNG industry. It, it's never a dull moment, my friend. Well, never us, a dull us at the Barnett know that all too well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, uh, it's, it's kind of um poetic timing because natural gas is kind of taking it in the teeth this morning uh it's trading right now at uh 225 i believe and so um so maybe let's step back because when you look at natural gas there's kind of you got got the spot price but you also have these long-term lng projects and so for folks who might not keep up with the difference not necessarily the product but how the price impacts them so how much does the current price impact some of these long pro- uh, long-term projects that you're talking about on a regular basis right um so like just the way things are today um as in right now you know in the united states we're producing around 92 billion cubic feet of natural gas per day right now as of as of this morning um a lot of that natural gas comes from is associated gas from oil wells. So, mm-hmm. um, like in places like the Permian Basin, where the, what they're really after is the oil, but you know the natural gas is byproduct. And and uh, like like everything else, it in in our lives, it was affected by the uh, coronavirus pandemic. At first, it was the Russia Saudi Arabia 
you know, trade war, <laughs> mm. crude oil price war. People have largely forgotten about that because, you know, right after that, you know, we started to see, you know, shutdowns for the pandemic across the globe and, and um, that, that natural gas production, you know, went down as low as like, you know, the mid eighties back in May when people were, you know, curtailing uh, oil production. Therefore it took, you know, the associated natural gas production offline as well. Um, the thing is about, about the natural gas industry that's a little bit different than the, than the oil industry is that, you know, every, it's, it, there's a, there's a kind of rhythm to the industry. It, like natural gas depends on a cold winter, mm-hmm. you know, to get the, you know, to, as part of their cycle, mm-hmm. you know, it's cyclical prices, you know, are at the lowest in the uh, spring and summer and they're at their highest in the winter mm-hmm. when demand is, is highest for, uh, for, uh, uh, you know, heating and power plants. Um, people like to stay warm in the winter, <laughs> but <laughs> But the problem is, is that this year, the United States has had a, a, a mild winter. And uh, it's, uh, as you noted, just a, just a couple minutes ago, it's, it's had a, quite an effect on prices. It's made them, made them lower than, 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 than producers would like. Um, we're at like, Real quick, like aren't, said, we in a, aren't we in like a La Nino or El Nino or La Nina? And, and is that tied to the low, is that tied to the warmer weather? Right. No, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to get to that. We're in a La Nina, Nina, uh, weather pattern. And so what that does is that, is that, uh, it it makes for a mild winter and this is what, what experts have told me. So, um, it it makes for a winter, an inconsistent winter Mm. that is mostly mild as you say, but then also with bursts of like cold and polar. Okay snowfalls like we saw that snowfall in new york and Mm -hmm. and other places uh, a couple weeks ago but but intermittently like overall it's 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 a much more mild winter which is great for everybody's uh you know uh electricity and heating bills but um not so great for for natural gas producers um and you know lower gas prices um you know also make for cheaper feedstocks for exporters so we're um the natural gas industry right now is exporting around six billion cubic feet per day to Mexico, um, record record highs. And then also the LNG industry, as you mentioned, is is uh, is enjoying the benefits of cheaper feedstocks. But also, while we're experiencing mild winter weather in the United States, places in like you know China, sort Korea, South Korea, and Japan, and then also Europe are experiencing you know colder winters colder than normal winters so their demand has shot up which is which is good for exporters i mean spot spot lng prices for um on the jkm in asia you know we're trading at like 13 bucks even when as high as like 16 dollars you know and when you have like you know natural gas in the henry hub here in the united states it costs like two bucks or so mm-hmm. you know that's a nice it's a nice price difference <laughs> right you know um so- on these LNG type projects, you, you talk about the you know, the colder winter in China versus here. Um, it, are these because usually I think it was maybe maybe it was you we had on uh, a year or two ago. We talked about a lot of the long term LNG contracts are coming up in you know the next twenty twenty five years. So when you look at a, a cold winter now and you say, well, we're, we're trying to get some stuff to China, it, can they turn it around that fast? Where they can you know they can um, pick up and um, on the spot market, or do they still have to sign kind of those longer term contracts to fulfill those? obligations yeah so most of the um united states um lng export terminals there are six of them 
they're uh, they're a uh, they're supported by long-term you know agreements like you mentioned with you know utility companies and other mm -hmm. buyers uh, in over in overseas nations in Europe and Asia and uh, but 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 a lot of them also have a certain percentage that they keep that they can sell you know on uh, you know as, as as spot cargoes which means they could sell okay. it to whoever they want whatever price they want you know those long-term contracts they're usually locked in it's henry hub plus mm -hmm. this fee you know plus you know the shipping and handling you know right. and um so it's that type of situation but but you know where the you know where where uh, where producers and exporters can can expect to you know make a little more extra money is in those spot cargoes um but the the story in 2020 is is just changed so much i mean you know, with the pandemic, we saw a sharp decline in demand globally for, for natural gas. And, you know, we saw something on the scale of 175 canceled cargoes. Wow. Um, and uh, companies like, like Chenier were able to weather that storm because they had in their contracts written in, you know, cancel cargo clauses, you know. Um, and, it, you know, if you cancel a cargo with us, um, you know, that, that's fine. That's fair. Um, that we just, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll just make less LNG or whatever. But you need to pay this fee, yeah. you know. So Chenier was able to collect those fees from its customers mm -hmm. in those contracts, um, you know, and 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 that was that was quite a buoy during, for them during the pandemic. Um, but you know, now the situation has changed so much now with now that it's winter, and now that we're seeing like that that higher demand in Asia and Europe. Um, you know, some some people are even talking about tightness, you know, declining storage in Europe, you know, uh, not enough electricity in China. Um, so there's a situation right now where there's something on the scale of like 30 LNG tankers just floating around out in the oceans right now with no particular destination from U.S. from U.S. They came from U.S. LNG export terminals and they're just floating around in, mm -hmm. in like the waters of East Asia and the Eastern and the Eastern Atlantic, just waiting for someone to say, yes, I'll buy that cargo at this price. So right now it's, it's a, what a gig. Um, what a gig. Yeah. You're just out there on the, on the captain of the ship and just hanging out and nowhere to go waiting on the phone call. Uh, so <laughs> right. Just waiting for orders, but you know, I'll tell you what the, the pandemic did change the, the, the game for these, these tanker companies. Um, you know, like how you have contactless uh, curbside pickup when right. you go get chicken chicken wings or whatever. Right. Well, the same is true in the LNG business now. Hmm. They've they've developed they've had to develop because of the you know a lot of the crews. These these are foreign flagged vessels, mm -hmm. usually staffed by you know uh, foreign um, foreign crews, and so um, they've developed contactless LNG cargo loading at the export terminals here in the United States, to where that you know. The, the 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 staff at the terminals, the U.S. based staff at the terminals, doesn't come into contact with with the, the workers at the ships. Yeah. So, so you, you mentioned um, um, you know, China is a buyer of some of this. I, I'm curious. Have you heard any of the U.S. companies worried about China's um, commitment to fulfill their obligation? Because right now, what you're seeing with with China and Australia is China has coal ships that are sitting in their ports that they won't bring in they're just sitting there they, they paid for them 
and they have something they haven't paid for, and they have blackouts. And so, you know, is the CCP is just being stubborn and they're trying to get at Australia for some other stuff. Are, are the American companies worried that they might get in the spot to where China is supposed to be buying LNG, they're supposed to be buying the stuff from us, and our ships get over there and they're like, no, we, you know, we're going to, we're going to just keep it at bay? Or have the Chinese with us been pretty good trade partners? Yeah, no, Chinese demand has is, is reached record levels for U.S. LNG. Um, that, that, that issue you're talking about with Australia, that's a separate political spat between those two countries. And of course, you know, the United States and China have their trade tensions. But I think that with respect to LNG, um, I, I think that those, those concerns have seemed to ease. You know, before winter, we were talking about, you know, under the, under the trade deal um, with the Trump administration, China had had pledged to buy, you know, X, X uh, amount of LNG. And, you know, and there was concern whether, whether or not they would, they would fulfill that, that, that obligation. But, but um, this winter seems to have, uh, you know, erased those concerns. And you're seeing record cargoes and China's climbing the stats and the name, the number of, of, uh, in terms, of, I think now China's like a top five buyer of US LNG ex, export cargoes. And I mean, I just saw like, over the weekend, uh, a couple, you know, tankers from the United States, you know, docking uh, in China and unloading LNG cargoes. Okay. These were these were some of those spot cargoes I was telling you about that are just okay. floating around in the ocean. Huh. So, and another country you talked about earlier on was Mexico. Um, it's, so the Mexico demand is that demand because mm. um, you know PMEX is, is is struggling to pr to produce natural gas in there, or is it you know the Mexican demand has just exceeded what Mexico has to produce? A uh, combination of both. Why are we seeing such a demand from Mexico? Well, yeah. Um, so no, uh, both are correct. I mean, you know, Mexico is has it's 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 a long you know story that's been going on for more than a decade. Mexico. And the, the figures bear it out, the production figures bear it out. Um, Mexico has a long uh, sagging production for natural gas and, and oil. Mm. Um, but, you know, it, it, with, uh, being neighbors to the United States, you know, the prolific natural gas producer and some of the cheapest, you know, natural gas on earth, um, Mexico's taking advantage of that, you know, um, uh, under, under the previous administration, um, the Mexican government, you know, authorized and authorized the building of several cross-border natural gas pipelines and um this is under the previous mex the obrador administration you're talking about right uh, enrique peña nieto yeah so um and um so yeah oh, no, obrador is the new guy and look yeah, yeah. Okay, um, sorry. andres manuel lopez obrador is the current president that's right so what you're seeing um what you're seeing today is is something on the scale of like six billion cubic feet of natural gas per day going to mexico and it's it's feeding you know, a variety of customers. It was primarily built for power plants to mm -hmm. build power plant demand. But then also there's like, you know, the maquiladoras and the, um, and the, uh, you know, everything that makes, everything makes cars to airplanes, right. everything's getting that, that natural gas. And then also some, some residential and, and, you know, smaller commercial scale are also reaping the benefits of that. And um, yeah. And so, so, I mean, it's just, it's just been growing and growing. We did see a, a, a small dip you know, related to pandemic related shutdowns in Mexico's and factories and elsewhere. But since then, it's 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 recovered and it's actually broken new records. So 
get close to time here. I'll, I'll wrap, let's wrap it up with this. Um, two things. One, since you've been really focused on the industry, what have you maybe learned or maybe you had a misconception about that you you, you see differently now? Uh, you've covered oil and gas for quite some time, but you've really, since you've been to Bloomberg these past few months, you've obviously, uh, I think, exclusively covered you know natural gas and LG. So the oil side's kind of push this out. So have you learned anything new or, or viewed the industry differently? And then two, um, from the old side, I know that a lot of companies are worried about access to capital, their ability to survive 2021, you know, a lot of MMA is expected. Uh, talk just at a high level, um, you know, how the natural gas companies, the LNG companies, how they feel about 2021. Is there the same type of uh, concerns that they have? Because they've dealt with low prices for some time now. <laughs> you know, they, it's been a right. long time. They've had lower for longer for a long time now. So uh, curious your thoughts on that as well. Right. Uh, so, you know, what I've learned, I mean, it's just been an amazing peek behind the curtains, behind the scenes that, you know, at the production and supply world, also like at, at the contracting world for the LNG industry, you know, you see these tenders in places like India, Pakistan, um, you know, and um, so you, you get an idea before the cargoes head out, um, hmm. you know, um, of where they're, where they're going. And then you can also see, like, it's also, I've also been able to see like new, um, you talk about like where are we going in 2021 mm -hmm. you know for the lng industry in 2021 it's it's a the deal i think you're going to see this the deal making return we've already seen signs of life um you know in in 2020 which is marked by the by the pandemic there was only one project lng project to reach you know a, a, a final investment decision and that was sempra's Ener sempra energy's energia costa azul project in in, in Baja, California, in Mexico. Mm. Um, so I, th I think that you have something like a dozen um, US LNG projects kind of in limbo that have, that have permits from the federal government, but yet they still need to reach, they need to you know, sign long-term agreements in order to reach, make final investment decisions. Um, so you'll definitely see a scramble on for that now that now now with the vaccine starting to get deployed and you know the global economy starting to recover um you know most people we've talked to believe that 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 global gas demand will indeed and increase um in 2021 and so you know we already saw one important thing um you know the united states it, it exports lng to 32 nations across the world well <laughs> This month in December, we're making that 33. We added Croatia to the list, you know, um, in the United States. Just a spot cargo came from Cove Point. Yep. Cove Point LNG headed to Croatia to their brand new LNG import terminal. But um, but I think I think it just kind of underscores, you know, what you're going to see in 2021. You're going to see like all these LNG companies chasing new customers around the globe in places like Croatia, Vietnam, India, Pakistan. Um, perhaps even, you know, try to land deals with Germany, which is trying to diversify their natural gas resources. And then, Alleg you know, even, even in, Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> not sure. yeah, I'm not sure about that. No, 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 no comment there, Ryan. Right. <laughs> um, well, um, and also what you're going to see is, is the rise of perhaps even third party buyers in China. Mm. Um, there is a notable deal between Chenier and, and, and the, the foreign foreign energy group in China um, uh, earlier this, well, I'd say last month in November. And it was, a, you know, it's a third party private private company. But what the Chinese government did is they opened up capacity at LNG import terminals and, and like state owned pipelines that allow for like these third party private companies, you know, Chinese companies 
to like buy and import LNG from from you know uh, producers, global well, producers. I, so you'll see people trying to chase chase those deals down too in China. Well, it was right it, now. Right now, it's like a mid tier. It's not nothing near the state owned enterprises, but still interesting. I mean, you know, cargo's yeah. cargo. Cargo's cargo. Well, it was good to get you back on. Uh, congratulations on the new job. Um, also, oh, thank you. I think our listeners could, if they were listening like I was, you were predicting a hundred rig boom in the Barnett next year. That's kind of, that's kind of what I took from that, a hundred rig boom. And so uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. if you're reading between the lines there, I mean, Sergio can't say it, but you know, that's essentially what he said, more or less, uh, the Barnett will be right again in 2021. That's good to right. know. It's good to know for hotel owners and restaurants. Well, I, j- I just got to say the Haynesville has more drilling rigs right now than the Eagleford, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Sergio, it was you're, you're cutting out on us. You're cutting out. On us. <laughs> <laughs> also, you do post your. I think you are still posting the rig update that you did for like the Chronicle and the Journal on your LinkedIn. Are you still doing that? Yeah, yeah. every Monday. Every um, Monday. Sometimes yeah. it varies when I, you know, that, that, today's Monday. Yeah, today's Monday. So uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, usually usually comes in the evening or afternoon, just when I can can make time. Okay, so to do it on my own personal time. Yeah, so folks can go check that out as well. And then some of your stuff, I know you were telling me a while back, sometimes you're writing stuff that's behind the terminal, sometimes it's out on Bloomberg's website. So it's kind of need to follow you on social media, um, where can folks find you so they can kind of see when you're putting stuff out for the common folks like we do every day. <laughs> right. It, uh, the best place, of course, is Twitter, number one recommend, and then LinkedIn. Um, and, you know, I do make I do make uh, kind of notes whether or not it's, uh, you know, behind the terminal link and whatnot i share what i can usually a headline when it's in the terminal and then otherwise um note that it's a full web story that can be viewed okay well listeners uh and sergio thanks everyone it's been a interesting 2020 i can't say that i'm sad to see it go uh but we will be back next week and until then keep climbing